Welcome to the Principles of Performance podcast, where we discuss how to optimize your health, fitness, and performance. Drawing on decades of experience of working as coaches, consultants, and trainers to top performers, athletes, and teens from professional sports to top universities to the U.S. military, Eric Degatti and Mike Perry discuss topics and strategies of how to perform at your highest level and be your very best. Join us and our friends and colleagues who are leaders in the fitness and performance industry as we investigate and challenge the most popular training, nutrition, lifestyle, and recovery protocols. with episode number 43 of the Principles of Performance podcast. I am your host, Eric Degatti, along with my friend and co-host, Mike Perry. Mike, how are you today? It's a beautiful day here in Boston. You know, uh, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. Uh, We'll take it because it's been raining for like the last year and a half. So um, we're going to take this beautiful weather. Absolutely. And then and then on top of that, we got another awesome guest that we lucked out with. And so uh, Paul Colodi and I met at uh, the New Jersey uh, High School Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association meeting, and he's very involved in that organization, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about and give you a little backdrop on him. He, he's got his bachelor's in a- athletic training and his master's in physical education um, with a concentration in exercise science. And uh, he's, he's kind of got two, two hats where he was originally uh, certified as an athletic trainer, um, but he also has his CSCS and his uh, NSCA and USA weightlifting club coach stuff. So he started out as an athletic trainer and then he was athletic trainer strength coach for the Somerset Patriots um, minor league team here in New Jersey for, for a while. And then uh, he helped open the Somerset uh, Medical Center Sports Rehab and Performance Center and managed that facility. Um, working with athletes from middle school up through the pro level. And now he's the strength coach at Hunterdon and Central Regional High School here in New Jersey. And I will say before I, I introduce Paul that if you've ever walked into his facility, which is where they hosted the clinic, you will immediately have facility envy. Um, as, as somebody who works with, with high school teams myself, it is remarkable what he has. And then when I got to see him speak and see the programs he runs, it made it even that much better. So it's, it, this facility is not wasted. So uh, I want to welcome to the show, Paul. Great to have you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I was looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks, getting psyched up. I love talking about high school strength and conditioning, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this next hour. Awesome. So, you know, so talking about your setup, all right, many coaches would, would kind of see your setup in terms of facility, in terms of equipment, as well as kind of what you have there in terms of buying a commitment from the coaches, you know, your head football coach spoke at the clinic as well. And you can see that there was a huge synergy there and, and even up into the administration. And so a lot of people consider you quite lucky. Um, but you know, luck is when hard work and opportunity kind of come together. And so I'm sure it wasn't just luck that created the situation you're in here. So it, it tell us a little bit about the work and the journey it took to get you to where you are now with this. Yeah, I'd love that you had on, on the, on the notes journey, because that's what, it, that's what this has been. Um, you know, I've lived in, in Hunterdon County, a mile from the school since 1998 and watched Hunterdon Central until, um, I got here in 2011, uh, with, our neighbors' kids doing it and everything else at the school. And I knew they had a strength and conditioning program. And when I was at the ballpark, we actually did some work with Hunter and Central with some testing because they didn't have uh, the capability to do that. We had the testing, uh, we had the timing systems, we had the vertex. So we'd come out here and we'd test their athletes. And I always loved being here. I always loved being at Hunter and Central. And when the opportunity came up in 2011, I jumped. Um, a lot of hard work guys. It was, uh, I started off in a, in a small 2,500 square foot, maybe 2,500 square foot facility uh, with a lot of hammer strength equipment just in the middle of the room. And um, that had to, I, that's not the way I coach. So I moved everything together, got all the dumbbells, got some more dumbbells, kettlebells, and uh, we started doing uh, performance training. We started doing functional training and uh, a great story is uh, the first day I met the senior football team. They all came in, the coach brought them in and they said, okay, what are we gonna do? I said, well, we're gonna, we're not gonna use this equipment. And they said, why? I said, you'll find out tomorrow. We started with overhead squat with a 45 pound bar with some of these guys. I wanna tell you right now, the next day, 
they were smoked. They came in, their backs hurt, their hips hurt. They couldn't get the parallel. I said, this is why we have to start training a little bit different. And uh, from then, I, I got a lot of belief, a lot of belief from our athletes. A, a big resounding day for me was probably is only about four weeks in. Uh, one of our linebackers said, coach, I hate the fact that everybody's saying we got to start buying into your no program because I don't I don't like that. He says, feels like you're trying to sell me on something. Um, I love what we're doing. I want to believe in what we're doing. And then from that moment on, I just started using believe. I didn't start using buy in because um, of what that athlete and I talked about. And um, from then on, it's been trying to get people to believe in what we do, believe in our programming. Very cool. So when we're talking about high school athletes, um, the reality is it's uh, it can mean many different things about uh, when, when it comes to the diverse individuals and, and talking about different sports, genders, ages, uh, physical maturity. Um, how do you go about managing the programming for so many different individuals? That's a great question. And the first thing I tell everybody is focus on the movement. Focus on the movement. Kids come in as a freshman here. We do a modified one by 20 program and we learn how to squat. We learn how to hinge. We learn push, pull, carry, and lunge. Lunge in all different directions. And we we hammer those movements home. Um, some people don't like that. We have, you know, we are a huge school. We have almost 3,000 kids here. We have probably within a square mile about 15 different gyms that they can go to with 15 different philosophies. And, you know, I had, I heard a student say the other day that uh, I don't like to come to the weight room here at school because it's more about movement. I want to get big. Okay. Well, we'll be big and slow if, if that's the way we start thinking about things. Um, so when they come in as a freshman, I get that movement thought process in their brain and they start seeing themselves become more athletic. If they weren't before they become athletic. Um, we use sets and reps as our progression. So, you know, if I have a senior weightlifter who comes in and uh, we're working on hinge that day, they may be doing a five by five at 80% with a barbell. Whereas three racks down, I may have a sophomore doing a five by five at less than 80%, but they're using a high handled intact trap bar. So we're still hinging. We're still working on those movements and everybody's getting that athleticism drilled in to what we're doing that day. And nobody's no nobody's better than anybody else. I mean, again, the freshmen, I want them to make progress just like I want the seniors to make progress. So that's what I that's the what I focus on and the belief seems to be there. So a couple Very of points. Cool. So one oh, uh, one one philosophical, one practical, just kind of before we jump on to the next sure. thing is uh, philosophical, one of the things we realized when we started on our kind of journey here with principles of program design and like, how do we teach people how to write programs is first kind of getting that concept that most people, and even when I say people, that includes athletes, especially at the high school level, really need just good GPP, general physical preparation, and that we don't need to get all that specific. Kind of talk a little bit about that because you're not talking about, you know, your football lift and your soccer lift. You're talking about like how to move, right? Yeah. So uh, one, one of my mentors, Rob Rogers, a uh, long time ago, I don't know if we like, I know Rob, he's big with perform better, um, talked to me about dumbbell complexes and supersets and giant sets and, and movement in the weight room and flow. And that's the, way I, that's the way I work. We don't stay on one thing very often. So if we are doing a five by five, you know, I know Jimmy Wendler says, don't, don't pollute your workout with a lot of different accessories, but sometimes we have to uh, in big groups with what we're doing. So we come up with different stations of what we're doing. And if the kids are moving from station to station, their heart rate is up, they're moving well, it becomes a great atmosphere for the weight room. And that's what you, I think what you're talking about with the GPP, as far as make them move well and keep them moving in the weight room so that we're just not sitting around. We have a we don't sit down in the weight room. So if you're sitting down, you're not moving. So, you know, you're either spotting or you're working or you're doing an accessory or setting something up. That's what we're trying to to get going in our weight room. I call it the churn all the time. And from a practicality standpoint, it's you have not necessarily the the freedom to to say, okay, well, at three o'clock is the football lift, and at four o'clock is the soccer lift, right? You have to have commingled sports, commingled genders, commingled all different levels working within your in your sessions, correct? 
For the most part, yes. Um, with football, I do have just football lists because they have the most volume by far. So I'll get 30, 40. Also, uh, with our track, um, our track, I'll have 70 people in here for track. And if I have the throwers along with the middle distance, I'll have my room split in half and my mid distance will be on half the room doing a different superset than what our throwers are doing. But at the end of the day, it's still a squat, hinge, push, pull, lunge, or carry. So they're all doing those things that we mixed in our mid balls and things like that for our throwers. Cool. So Mike, did you want to jump in before I get to the next one? No, I, I just, I love the fact because I've, I've worked with high school athletes and, and we have a, a athletic performance program here at our, at our facility as well. And, uh, I love the fact you're like, we've got a hinge day and it's just like, yeah, only focus on that one thing. Um, you know, we, we, we take a very similar approach because I found early, early on, if you try to like put a hinge in one training block and then the next tr training block, a squat, the kids just end up stinking at both yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they don't understand a true hinge and they don't understand a true squat and it gets stuck in the middle. So I love the idea of just making it simple. Like, all right, this is our hinge day and this is our other days and this is our other days. I, I think it's a, yeah. it's a really, it, it, it's so effective, but I think people overlook it. Yeah. So if it is a, if it is a hinge day, don't don't get me wrong. We may have a quad dominant or front side dominant exercise, but it be maybe a unilateral, maybe a lunge, and maybe a reverse yeah. lunge. Variation. Piling in those patterns. Um, I have it on my notes here. I, I, I and, and it's everybody talks about it. I'm not a big regression guy. I'm a when the kids come in, I'm going to squat them. I don't start on front squat. I don't start on back squat. Why should I have to see if they can do that well and regress them back? Hey, how do you how do you body weight squat? You know, we talked about the FMS earlier. Let's take a look at just a plain old dowel overhead squat or a body weight squat with their arms crossed their, across their chest. Can they do that well? If I can watch that in the first eight to ten minutes of warm up, and they do it well, they may do a Frankenstein squat that day. I'm not so set in my rules that okay, you just got to do goblet squat. If you're a great squatter, you're a great squatter. I'm going to load you appropriately. And if you're hurt, then I'll make a variation to that exercise to help you out. We may go single leg. That's my athletic training coming in. So I'm not a big regression fan. I'm like, hey, if you're a great coach, understand that we're going to start them where they need to. I'm a GPS guy. Start where you need to go and then move on from there. I don't want to go backwards. I want to keep going forwards. And if they have to go backwards, it's with an injury. So I, I want to shift gears a little bit and, and we're going to get deeper into the culture aspect of, of what we do uh, in, a, in a little while. But right. we know that, that so much of the success of a strength and conditioning program at the high school level really is dependent on the support and belief slash buy-in of, of the sport coaches themselves and getting them because they can either make you if they're going to have a presence in the room and, and, and allow the team to trust you. Um, or they could break you or you could go and do a, a great off season with a team. And then they go out and just, you know, they do gassers and one tens and just destroy all your work kind of deal. So, so tell us a little bit about your approach to get your, your, your coaching staffs on the skill side to work synergistically with you. And that's the million dollar question, guys. It really is. It's, it's hard to do. And um, I go back to Rob. He told me that that was one of the first thing he told you is it told me was you can work nine months. And then it takes a, a, a sport coach two weeks to mess up everything you did in that nine months. And I never believed it until I started working a little bit deeper and deeper here at Hunter and Central. But uh, I think it goes back to that word believe. Um, I, it, sometimes if the, the coach isn't on your side, you have to get the parents and the athletes to drive the bus a little bit more. They have to be the ones to, to kind of spread the word in the community that, hey, your son or daughter should be, be going to the weight room. And for me, being an after-school guy, they're the ones who are dropping off and picking up. Um, I don't do it during the school day in phys ed. So I rely on the parents to pick their son or daughter up at if they have a 3 o'clock after school at 4, 4.15. Um, I rely on them to bring them back to the school at 6 o'clock. Like tonight, football has a lift at 6 o'clock. So sometimes it's the parents and the students. But um, like Jeremy Boone, I saw you had him on not long ago. You've got to develop connections. Uh, somehow to get these coaches to understand that you're here to help get their athletes ready for the day one of August or day one in March for our spring sports um, and not have them peaked at that time, just get them ready for what they need to do in demands of their sport. Um, and again, underlying know that they may be testing their gassers. They may be testing our, our soccer team does something called YBMI. You better make it. That's what, that's what the YBMI stands for. Um, and it's, it's a ridiculous amount of running and, and jumping jacks and push-ups and everything else. So 
I have to understand what that demand is going to be and get the kids a little bit ready for that. The one common metric that, that I found is, and I know this from, from speaking at coaches clinics, I actually used to have a, a seminar I used to do at coaches clinics and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I always ask you, what are the, the most famous four words that you hear from coaches? And you say, ask any coach, say, how you, how, you know, hey, coach, how do you guys look this year? And we'll say, hey, we'll be pretty good if we stay healthy, right? Yeah. And say, well, look, why would you have that if be one of your biggest wild cards? Like, what if we can, we can't completely avoid injury, but what if we could minimize your chances of losing that, that star pitcher that you need when you go into county and state championships? If you lose your quarterback, your point guard, something like that, and that it's, it's not coincidence when they when you walk past the training room and the teams that don't buy in and, and don't have the off season program and, and just do, you know, just run laps, they're the ones that are filling up the training room. And so once they can kind of see that correlation, I think that's one of the biggest ways as an entry point to, to get that buy-in and you've seen it from both sides. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I, sometimes it doesn't sink in because we have our, our teams here that, uh, I'm, I'm really close with our athletic trainers here as well. And that are constantly in the weight room or in the training room. And um, I hear it all the time. They're bro- they're beat down. They're beat up. Um, when at this time of the season for the spring, we're starting to gear up for our championship runs. We should be starting to build up versus be beat down, you know, and we talk about that in the preseason and the off season. And, um, you know, I, I, I hate to, I hate to try and, drive it into them every single day because then that's the only that's the person I become you know show up or or, or be hurt type of guy um, we want to have fun we want to do other things and let the res- let the results speak for themselves and you're right uh, the teams that have been more be- have had more belief in what we do here have been the healthier and the ones that have more championship trophies on the wall yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting too, and 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 if we look at long term athletic development, and one of the things that a lot of people really don't understand about athletic development is is we are really just trying to build better athletes, more well rounded athletes, and then if we do that, we can stack strength on top of it. But the funny thing is, is when you talk to parents and they have this young young kid that probably isn't that athletic. But the parents think, well, they just need to squat, bench, and they need to deadlift, right? Because that's what they need. When in actuality, they need to be more athletic first. And then if you add some strength onto that athleticism, then that's kind of the sweet spot. But how do you deal with with some of the egos that come around with the strength training? Just thinking, I just need to do this, 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 and this, and that will get me where I need to be. When in reality, we need to build an athlete first. We need to build the GPP before we build the SPP. Yeah. How do you how do you sort of deal with the egos? Well, having great programs actually helps with that. Um, like a five three one. How long does a five three one take to get to a really good bench with the with the max rep or doing some beyond five three one? It takes maybe fifteen minutes. So the good programming to get the volume on the stuff we need for our strength or our hypertrophy allows me to in the beginning do some plate drills with footwork, uh, do our tumbling drills and our warm up. Um, things like that to add that athleticism and add that fun. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to get under the bar. We're going to try and get as much as we can. Um, and then, again, the accessories help with that uh, and the supersets and the giant sets to get them going. Um, but that, that's a hard thing to do because, you know, they're going to go down to the, to the Globo gym down the road afterwards. And they're going to try and max out down there and do other things as well. So I'm going to try and give as much as I can, educate them on, on recovery. Uh, we'll talk. I, I think uh, one of the questions you have, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I think with our programming, if we can make sure that they get the volume they need with the main lifts and the movements, then we can actually touch on a lot of that athleticism during the workout. Even if it's 15 or 20 minutes, three times a week, that's that's something that that will overall, uh, you know, add up. Yeah, I, I was a guy way back when that had the record boards on the wall and and then it was when I, I kind of got to know John Tureen a little bit, who we had on the show. Um, when he went into the Colts, he said, you know, I'm taking all those things down. He said, because I realized that all the people that are on the top of those boards are never on the our top performers when we actually hit the field. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily always correlate. Now, it doesn't mean that that 
it's bad. And like, as you said, we're still going to squat, we're going to deadlift and bench, but we're going to do a little bit, you know, a little bit smarter way of doing it. And I love that you mentioned using like Wendler's five, three, one, because I actually use that quite a bit. Cause when I first would go in and observe some teams I noticed one of two things, you'd either have kids who would do the same weight from, they do it from January to September, if you didn't tell them any different, or yeah. they just try to max every single time and they don't get, that's not how you don't get stronger. So using five, three, one, just getting an estimated max working off of that. And look, you don't get a choice. This is what you're doing today. And if you're going to, and, and when you get to that plus set, get as many as you can. And to, and what I actually did is took that system this year and I created these, these teams that are kind of tiers that are based, you know, where I clumped them together roughly by their estimated maxes. And I said, okay, we have tier one is the strongest guys all the way down to tier six. You want to get out of your group, you got to hit certain numbers. And if you hit that number two weeks in a row, then I'll move you up a group. If you don't hit those numbers, then you move down. And so it created this level of competition and this level of kind of uh, uh, responsibility and so forth, where it's it's now not just, I'm going to go in and see how much I can bench every time I walk in the weight room. Man, I'm glad you said that. I When uh, we had one of our athletes get ready to go to Penn State, we went up and uh, I met Coach Galt and we talked about tiers and tier system. I'm like, oh, Coach, kick, don't go big house. He's like, no, 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 we don't do it that way. It's exactly what you talk about. When their freshmen come in, they rank them in a tier. Are they strong enough? If they are, they're on tier two. If they're not, they're spending a lot of time lifting weights to get stronger. If they're in tier two, it's almost like a 50-50. Tier three was, all right, you have the strength we need for your position, and then we're going to start getting a little more funky with you as far as uh, how we're working your compound lifts, things like that, athleticism. And uh, he said, hey, your, your guy, Jason, he's going to be a tier two, tier, tier three guy right off the bat. He goes, you know, Kudos to you. That, that, and by the way, that had nothing to do with me. Jason Cabinda was a freak of nature here at Hunter and Central. He's with the Lions now. He's a fullback. He's a guy who you could throw a lacrosse stick at him and say, hey, Jay, you ever play lacrosse? And he'd say, hey, let me try this out. And within 15 minutes, he's, he's doing it. You know, he was that athletic guy who you threw anything at him, he could do it. And that's what made him, you know, um, Jason Cabinda. I was lucky enough that he believed in our program. So if you get a guy like Jason Kabinda who doesn't, that's a guy who can really hurt your program when it comes down to it. Because he can do everything, but, you know, being strong in your weight room wasn't one of them. So that, that could be something that could either hurt you or help you. And, and I'm, I'm blessed and to still be able to talk to him and, and, and listen to what he's doing and how he's working. I, I think that's a big deal. So that tier thing is a big deal. I, I think that what you're doing is, is way ahead of, the, ahead of the curve in what people are doing. So it's very cool also when you see that, that, that evolution from that, you know, scared little freshman who walks in your weight room that's now, you know, playing on TV. But, uh, you know, we talk about, Mike mentioned uh, the LTAD and, and long-term athletic development. And, and one of the biggest challenges I think we face and, and from uh, people face from a lot of sides of this is it's really challenging when you're talking about kids who are playing multiple sports or kids who are playing the same sport through multiple seasons and they're playing on club teams and travel teams and AAU. And it's a lot to handle. And there's only so much of this kid to go around. And, and when I'm meeting with parents and working in the private sector, I have to explain, like, you have to deal with, you got to, I want you to lift with your team. There's a big part of that. There's stuff that I'm going to ask you to do. And then there's stuff that you have your school team, you have your club team, you have homework, you have, and then at some point you also have to be a kid. So how do we like get that all managed? That's uh, again, that's, that's a, that's a great one, but. For me, I talk to the kids about bank accounts. I try and make it so they can understand it. I said, if you keep taking all the money out of your bank account every single day and you don't put money back in overnight, then your bank account is going to go into the negative and you're going to be broken for. So think about your body the same way. If, if we're continuously, you come here and then you go and you do your speed and you have a soccer session and you go and do other things. Think about how much, uh, how much you put in. Did you put enough in that day for with your breakfast, lunch, dinner, sleep, all those other things to make sure that what what you're doing um, is giving you a plus in your account? And the kids start to understand that as far as, you know, um, when we're talking about their bodies. Are they resilient? Absolutely, 100%. Kids are resilient. They can do a lot. We did a lot when we were kids. But we didn't also have the programs available like they, we have now where we can get them stronger. 
I didn't lift weights when I was in high school. I was a good baseball player, soccer, or a football player and wrestler. Um, but I didn't lift weights. Not a lot of my teammates did. Now, a lot of the other teams that we play against are lifting weights. They're getting, you know, the, the programs that they need to get better. We have to stay up with it. And if we're not putting that, that money back in our bank and the fuel we need and, the, and the, everything else we need, uh, it's going to become a problem. And you said about availability. Uh, they won't be available when we need them. They may have big giant muscles and they may look great, but they're going to be standing on the sidelines and, you know, in their khakis and their, and their jersey uh, not being able to play. So, you know, uh, and we talked about this a little bit. Um, there's always going to be those kids that are doing several different things. And and a lot of the times maybe they're with you and then they have another trainer and then they have another trainer and they go with their buddies. Um, it, how have you found the best way to manage that situation? Because it's real. And with the way that, you know, clubs and, and the way that kids are just kind of doing so many things, like what's your approach? Well, we, we, we look at it how, first of all, how they're moving. We do a warm up, we do a warm up, a movement prep or whatever you want to call it every day. Um, I look at their attitude. I look at their, their, you know, how they're going about their business. I'm a big, how guy, how are you working? Um, we're going to do something, uh, um, the testers to test them every day so we do vertical jump we'll do a, a flying 10 we'll do a static 10 we'll do a broad jump um i always have one of those set up and if they're way below par where they are um, i know if you look at uh, micah kurtz he does his his hop and stop every day in his weight room down in florida and he looks at that right off the bat um if they look a little under par i can i can actually go walk over and talk to him and say hey how you feeling how are things going um if they're if they're blowing it up and they're doing well, I have no reason not to think that they can get under the bar and do what they can do. Um, why not? Why not try and get them under the bar? Now, if we're doing a five-three-one and we're on you know an eighty percent week and they're coming up short on their eighty percent, again, that's another way I can go over there and talk to them and say, "Hey, how are you feeling? What have you been up to?" I see them three to four days a week, so I see them a lot. Um, it gives me a good idea um, how they're feeling. Hey, it may have been they broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend that day. That's that's the reason why they're doing it. It may have nothing to do with going to other training things and everything else. So making that connection with your students and and, and making sure that you can read them a little bit each day, day to day, um, is a big deal. And it can come with testing. It can come with body language. It could come with their energy. If they're always an energy person, they're not bringing it that day. Um, I can ask, hey, you know, coach, I had had four games over the weekend. I'm, I'm kind of spent. Hey, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some single leg unilateral stuff today. We may do a little bit more on the recovery side. You're still going to work with everybody else and we're going to get you out of here. We're going to make sure you get your protein, get a good night's sleep today, and we'll see you either tomorrow or the next day and see what's going on. You know, it's interesting because I've, I've seen on both sides because I'm, and, and it's, it helps me be better at explaining this to, to the kids is that I work as, as a team coach uh, with certain schools, but I also work in the private sector where well, kids will come to me individually and I'll say, look, this is what happens in a team. I'm writing a program for if it's this football team, I'm writing it for those 50, 60 kids. And it's going to be a different 50, 60 kids next year. And so I can't worry about Jacob's knee or this one's ankle or this one's shoulder mobility because I just don't have time. I'm going to do my best to address what are the general things that they need that are going to keep them healthy and, and athletic and strong. And then if you need that individual stuff, then I can work with those specific needs outside of that, that I just can't get there. And mm -hmm. so I, that gets you to buy in to do the stuff we need with the team because there's just too much to cover also in the limited time we have together. So if you want to go somewhere on the outside, just don't do the stuff we're doing with the team. You don't need to go and repeat your, meat, uh, you know, kind of meat and potato stuff that we're doing uh, in the team. And then with the individual, then say, okay, well, that's where we can get specific. So I, I think getting them to understand that, to say, don't go over the same ground and say, look, there's so many things to cover in terms of your athleticism. And that as a team strength coach, I'm, I'm really kind of limited by time availability and my attention that I can give to each individual. So if you need specific things, by all means, get that. Just don't yep. go over the same ground we already did. Yeah, I have it in my notes. Evaluate your program all the time. Are they getting the volume and the steps and the reps and the movements that they need. And if they, and if you feel they are based off of their age and their training age, more importantly, um, how they look, um, has testosterone kicked in yet? How do they move? All of those things. Um, talk to them about, all right, so what's our goal? If our goal is getting stronger, I'm going to tell you right now, the three days that we're doing here, 
was going to get you pretty darn strong. So now what can we concentrate on? Whether it's athleticism, hey, if we're not, if, if I can't do speed and agility with them, if I can't do game speed training with them, maybe that's where we say, hey, there's a good person that you can go to see for those things. But I can, I can say um, with all honesty that with the 10 or 15 minutes of footwork, now we don't do full speed and agility training, but when they're going with their soccer team, and they're running and they're doing their cone drills. What are they getting? They're getting speed and agility. Well, kind of speed and agility with what they're doing. Um, I can say between our strength training, the running you're doing for soccer or basketball or football, whatever you're doing, where, where's our recovery need? Hey, coach, I'm getting, I'm getting eight hours of sleep. I'm getting my 150 grams of protein. All right, hey, we got a pretty well-rounded program. So why do you have to do any more? Let's concentrate on, like you said a little bit earlier, being a kid, having some fun time, doing the things that you don't normally do. I have a, I, 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 I call it do something different day. You know, if you're always playing basketball or whatever, go bowling one night. If you're not a bowler, go bowling, have some fun, go out rock climbing. There's rock climbing places all over the place. Now do something different, explore. You have one life. That's all you get. Go out and have some fun and do things that you normally wouldn't do. And Hey, maybe that's something that you put into your, into your, uh, your toolbox. To have some fun or an off day, you know, um, and that's what, something I'm, I'm trying to, to let our kids know that this is it. You only get one. You know what I mean? You're going to have four years with me and four years with your coaches. And then when you graduate here, you've exhausted 75 percent of your life with your parents. You got 15 percent left. That's it. You know what I mean? So have some fun with them. Do things with your family and your and your brothers and sisters. That's what I want them to understand. You'll have plenty of time to go to the gym when you're 30 years old and, you know, crank out some weights and do skull crushes and all those other things. Not that we don't do those, but I want them to understand that. Let's have some fun while we're here and let's get stronger. Let's get better. Get a good mentality when we're doing it and be a better person. Hey, everybody, a quick break in the action here. Hope you're enjoying the show and we appreciate you listening. We're working hard to bring you the highest quality content and best guests every single week. So if you could do us a big favor and go and like and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you get your podcasts on, it would be greatly appreciated. Be sure to listen at the end of the show also to find out where you can find out more information about our courses, as well as a special discount code for all our listeners. Thanks again, and let's get back to the show. Love it. I love it all. And I'm definitely stealing the do something different day from you. Yeah. Um, and full disclosure. Now, the other thing I think that's important is to understand the, the, or at least try to understand uh, at our age, the, the mindset of a, a teenager. Right. And there was the years I was trying to be the hard nosed strength guy and said, you know, biceps don't win us championships, but then it's like, you know what? They're going to go to LA fitness and do biceps anyway. So why yeah. not just have them do it on our watch? And we have, like, I have a thing posted on the weight rooms called treat of the day. And I'm like, if you, you know, what is, you know, your mom or your grandma or your, your dad teach you that if you eat your, your, your meats and veggies and your, and your, uh, good stuff, then you can have a treat. Well, same thing here. If we put in a good workout and do all the stuff we need to do last 10 minutes, roll up your sleeves, crank up the music. We're doing nothing but bicep curls and, and tricep extensions and pushups. Go have at it. Right. Cause that's then maybe they won't go do even more dumb shit at LA fitness while they're there doing arms. You know what I mean? Killing LA fitness. <laughs> um, well, then I don't think they'll ever be a sponsor anytime soon. So, that's all right. um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, talk about the, the, I think, you know, for myself when I'm in, especially cause in the role that, that I have with is me more of a consultant than a coach, you know, I'm not there, uh, every single day, like you are to have to, to be as ingrained in the culture, so to speak. So a lot of what I try to do when I do have my uh, visits with teams is it is a lot about education. Um, and whether it's the education within the lift and explaining to them about lifting with intent about the importance of setup, all those sorts of things, or even more importantly, explain like, at least once a month with a team, you know, at the end, when I have the, you know, team breakdown and say, okay, well, how does this all work? Like, how does it work? And I say, it's pretty simple. Like you're going to challenge yourself. Your body's going to go, Oh my God, I don't know what you just did, but if you're going to keep doing that, I have to get better at it. And so we just yeah. lifted some heavy stuff. You're going to have, hopefully get stronger from it. But so the second point is it would really suck if we put in all that work today for nothing. And I say, how could it have been for nothing? And kids will kind of start, you know, raising their hand. Well, if I don't eat right. Yep. Okay. Well, if I don't sleep. Right. And so now we just get them to understand like, 
this is only planting the seeds. If you don't provide the soil, this was all a waste of time, right? Yeah. So talk about the education piece of getting them to appreciate that this is a round the clock, 24, seven, 365 process. Yeah. Hey, listen, time is the only thing. And it's a given time is the only thing we never get back. You know, they can get your money back. You can do everything else. And if they're wasting their time on something, uh, whether it's in the weight room or heck, in the classroom or whatever they're doing it, um, that's, that's, that's a shame. That's a, a real big shame. So we go over everything. And when you were in here, I think you saw the pillars in my weight room, commitment, consistency, and discipline. I talk about CCD all the time. And, you know, when, when I, if, I don't know if you're Catholic, but CCD was every Monday night as a kid going in and reaffirming your, your, your faith in, in whoever you, um, in God, in our God, in whoever your God is. And I want them to have CCD to every day reaffirm their faith in themselves, have commitment in what they do, consistency in the way they do it, and discipline not only to hold themselves accountable, but their teammates accountable. And if we can get that mindset of that CCD every day versus, uh, with, our, with our training, with our warm-up, with your homework, all of those things that, we, that you just talked about is, you know, all that discipline, um, we're going we're gonna to send some pretty good student athletes and some and some individuals out of hundred and central and that's the education that we start with and then the nutrition aspect we just got a new nutrition station in here um, which has been a big deal for me um, making sure they're getting their protein and getting their hydration and their half their body weight in ounces and getting their seven eight hours of sleep i have a board on the wall over here that they can you know just look at what six hours of sleep can do for them and how sleep debt is a real thing and they can't just make it up on the weekends um, for, for a teenage brain, is that, is that hard to deal with? Absolutely. All right, coach, I don't give a shit about that. I want, like you said, I want to lift some weights. Okay. That's great. So let's lift some weights. But again, sprinkles here and there are talking about it. All of a sudden you're getting an email from them to make a lunch meeting to talk about nutrition. You're getting an email from them to make a, a lunch meeting to talk about leadership. Um, and it, it goes a long way and it may not be their freshman year or sophomore year, but their junior and senior year, they start to that to turn that switch on and they start to see it. And um, it, it really is a good feeling knowing that that education piece that you're putting in on the front end is really paying off in the back end. So a good high school program is really good at, the, at picking the exercise, the reps, the sets, the flow, the setup, all those things. I think a really great program is the one that talks about the stuff you're talking about, where we really develop these kids holistically and it transcends training and sports. And so, um, you know, if we could talk a little bit about that and, and it's, it's a tricky thing, right? Because when we talk about, um, how you build a lot of these things that you've mentioned, and, you know, I like to say that it's, it's not what you get from the training. It's what you become from the training. Um, but we also have mixed signals in, in sports where we think mental toughness is how many gassers can you run, you know, and how many burpees can you do when it's really not that and getting, getting your, your staffs on board. So we create this culture of this is a, a way to not only create someone that is uh, better from the inside out, but better from the outside in, that's going to make everybody next to me better. Um, so kind of talk about that type of cultural development that can be snuck in and kind of like, as, as Mike likes to say, kind of giving you, like when you give the kid the, the veggies snuck into the, uh, what's your, your line you use, Mike? You sneak the, the, the broccoli. No, you, the, you, you got to get the, uh, you got to put the medicine in the applesauce. There you go. Oh, you know, with the, the, the young sauce. kids, you got to sneak go. the meds in the applesauce. That, that's, uh, to me, that's, that's the biggest part of, of strength and conditioning. Everybody talks about they want leaders, but nobody talks about what it takes to be a leader. Um, you can read all the books. You can do all the stuff. And I've become really good friends with Jeremy Boone over the last three or four years um, with his Winning Leader Academy and um, what we do with our desire to lead and our kids. And um, it was during COVID. And I thought, you know, a lot of people complain about COVID being, oh, we got, we, we didn't get as smart. Our kids were isolated. But I ask our kids all the time during COVID, and, and I'll ask you this too. How many people, when you and everybody was zooming, or you know, on 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 the computer, how many people actually turned their camera on? And none of the kids raised their hand. And I'm gonna say, if you were a teacher, how would you feel, and what would your energy be like if you were staring in front of your in, at your computer screen and there were 15 black squares there? What would your energy be like? 
if I walked in here and I just walked in the weight room and said, okay, we're going to lift five by five today at 80%. How would you feel? What would your energy be like in the weight room? It would suck. So during COVID, why didn't we put our camera on? Because we didn't have to. Okay. Well, you could have learned. You could have interacted with people. You could have done all of those things. That's part of being a leader, making a great decision to turn that switch on and be a part of what was going on. I said, and we, we blew it. We blew it. We had a chance, and, and it wasn't ideal. There's no doubt about it. We had a chance to stay connected as a community, as a, as a country, on Zoom or wherever, however we were going to do it, with our cameras on, smiling faces, get up, comb your hair, do that, all of those things. And we blew it. So now, everybody wants a leader coming out of there. We can't be leaders. These kids have all this screen time, everything else. Well, they can. Let's find the kids who had their screens on. Let's get find the kids. And I can tell you, I, if, and I know you probably don't know this, but during COVID, every single morning, our school started at 9 a.m. online. At 8.10, I got on Instagram Live five days a week, and I did a, a workout, a 30-minute workout every day. And I saw it. I took notes, and I, I figured out who was logging in every day and joining in with me. And believe it or not, as we came back around, those are the kids who started showing up when we were only coming in with masks on and doing those things. Those were the leaders. Those were the kids who made great decisions to influence others. You can't influence others if you're making bad decisions all the time. You know, and that's what we talk about with our pillars of leadership. We want them to be leaders, but nobody knows how to make them leaders. That's a big deal with me. Um, and then just making these kids better people. You know, we talk about manners. We uh, Somebody said to me the other day that, uh, you know, that, that the customer is always right. And 15, 20 years ago, coming from a blue-collar town, Manville, which is, you know, John's Manville, it's a, it's a small, you know, small town. Um, I would have said yes, because people knew how to, to communicate and, and, and treat each other. Now, with social media and not being, you know, not having to have that interaction, I'm not sure the customer is always right, because they get to say whatever they want, whenever they want in front of a keyboard. So now they're in a store, they can stay at two. Bull. I say bull on that. It's not always right anymore. If you're treating people the right way, yeah, okay. And you have a you have a, a legitimate beef, all right, we'll talk about that. You probably are right, and I'm wrong, and I'm okay with that. So if you're just complaining to complain, and a lot of our kids do that right now, that's something I want to try and get the kids to understand that. To be a good person, to be a good teammate, to be a good son or daughter, going into high school or college or even work, these are the things that we're going to need to work on. And Yes, can you get that with the weight and the iron? Absolutely, the iron absolutely gets you to, to grind a little bit and do things you've never done before. But how about doing something you've never done before by talking to the kid next to you and say, hey, that's not the way we work here. Let's be clear on that. And that's a hard thing to do as well, not just lift 225 or five, you know? Um, so both of those things I think have to even out a little bit. And like I said, COVID was almost a wake up call for me because I became a better person, making sure that I, I developed more connections um, and then maintaining those connections. And, you know, I, this, to, to me, I consider uh, a blessing that you guys gave me uh, the opportunity to be on and, you know, just to, to have some fun and meet some new people. Absolutely. And, and, and I love a lot of the stuff you're talking about in terms of little things that go a long way in times of, of, of how these kids will carry themselves. And, and I can tell you right now, you know, what most of the, the, the nonsense that, that strength coaches will argue over on Twitter, uh, I could care less about, you know, you could come in and pick apart any of my kids technique on their squat or their, 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 um, or their deadlift. But the one thing that I know that my teams will have better than most is that every single kid knows how to give you a firm handshake and looking in the eye. Right. Love that it. is, that is a number one, that's way more important to me than your technique and any, than any Olympic lift is, can you do that? Cause that's a lost art. Um, and that's, and I'm, you know, the first thing when that I first meet that kid and they, they, they bring him over and say, I want you to meet so-and-so just transferred in or so-and-so is a freshman here. And he gives me the wet fish. I'm like, you're never going to get a job <laughs> that way, kid. Yeah. And I said, listen, unless you want to live with your mother till you're 50, um, it's not going to happen. And I said, you need to be able to, you know, shake hands. I said, and, and look people in the eye and stand up tall and then we'll take everything else from there. But that's a, that's a real good starting point. And that's kind of more important than your biceps or your, your bench number. 
That's it. And, and, and just showing up and, you know, being able to, to give your teammates a high five, being there to do those things, not just on Friday night or Wednesday night during a game. You know, I'm 54 years old. I've turned the corner. I've got 50 years to go. My grandma passed away during COVID at 105 years old. And uh, I told my wife that this morning. Her, you know, her father passed away on Sunday and he lived a great life. And, you know, I looked at her. I said, hey, listen, we got 50 more years to go. I don't know what you're thinking, but, you know, we're, we're going to go at this. And by all means, I don't have the best program. I don't have the, you know, the, all of the sets and reps and everything right, like we see on Twitter and all the arguments about. But I do, like you said, I do know this. When our kids come in here, they're going to be challenged every day somehow, whether it's going to be challenging their pride to, because they're not doing things the right way, you know, and challenging the clarity of the way I do things. I may have been not clear on what, what we're supposed to do today. That's on me. I'm going to challenge myself so that they're doing the right things. And they're going to get that challenge for a full hour. And then they're going to go home and they're going to have hopefully good family time, get their homework done, eat what we're supposed to eat, do all of those things. And I tell them all the time, hope isn't a strategy. Don't make hope a strategy. Do it. Be a person who gets it done. How you go about your business to me is, is way more important than the why. You may know your why, but if you don't do it, how is to me is, is one of the biggest things for our kids nowadays, you know? So I, I love all the stuff that you're talking about. And those are things I'm, I'm just trying to reinforce here. And like I said, I got another 50 years to do it. I don't see, I'm, I, I don't see myself retiring anytime soon. Well, the, when you talk about the high school population, one thing that they also have mastered is they are the masters of doing dumb shit. Um, <laughs> and so uh, with that, uh, they also, one thing that, that we don't give them enough credit for um, because they constantly are doing, you know, these dumb things is that they're also very uh, perceptive. They, they can yeah. tell and smell bullshit a mile away. And okay. so uh, that, that's why the one thing I appreciate in, in just in, in the conversations we've had is they can tell when it's genuine. And it could be something as simple as like you said, is something, you know, you have that kid who's normally the alpha in the room. And today the numbers, the, the weight's not moving the way it should, or he's not having the presence that he normally has and then just grabbing him to the side for two minutes and just say, Hey, are you good? Everything cool. And they may say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And may BS you, but the fact that you even took that time, you may be the only person that, that does that for them in the yeah. course of their, their day or whatever they're struggling with. And maybe that's just enough to kind of get them to take a breath and reset. So um, I, I think we can't underestimate the importance of that. Cause if you get that and that kid now feels a connection to you, then maybe he's not the kid in the back of the pack laughing. Maybe he's not the kid that was going to skip the workout, but now he's going to show up or he's going to get his friend to show up. And that just makes a better program for everybody. The reps, the sets, the, 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 the weight moving, that'll all figure itself out, but it doesn't matter if you're, if you're, you know, putting these great workouts together with nobody in the room. Yeah. And I know it's a cliche, but they don't care about uh, what you know, if they don't think you care, you know, and that's again, a small town blue collar, we took care of each other. You know, there were, we, we didn't have a whole lot of outsiders. Our town was very, um, very European, Polish, you know, Ukrainian. Um, and uh, everybody took care of everybody else. And you looked after each other. Um, you showed up and, you know, Jeremy talks about being in your corner. You know, they're not in your inner circle. Inner circle is, yeah, you call them, hey, everything okay? No, and then they're going to say, yeah, I'm good. Versus actually showing up at their house without calling and saying, hey, I noticed that you're not doing so well. Let's have a sit down, you know, in their corner versus in your circle. And I try to tell their, the kids here, whether I, I give you a lot of attention or a little bit of attention, I'm always going to be in your corner. You've got something going on. My door's open at lunchtime or even or whenever. Let's sit down and talk about it. And I've had a lot of kids take advantage of that, which uh, I'm grateful for. And, and I think it's important too for us as strength coaches, especially with dealing with this population to, to kind of lose that hard ass persona uh, archetype, right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes that's painted on us. We didn't ask for it. It's painted on us. Like I've had coaches say, oh, strength coaches here are going to beat you up, you know, or they're going to, you know, go ahead and beat them up. Like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to beat them up. Um, and it, you know, no matter what, you're going to have that label on you. Um, I say, it's always funny. It's the, it's the one job you can have where you have to have thick skin because if you show up, you, you start step walking up onto the field 
like while a practice is going on, every kid like looks at you, doesn't want to make eye contact. And they're like, oh, shit, because they know like <laughs> there's something coming here and I don't want to deal with this guy. I thought we were practice was done. But I think losing that that tough guy mentality and letting them see uh, another side of you and, and being able to, to not take yourself so seriously and, you know, challenge, like, I know you get in and get involved with the kids, you know, when you keep moving and, and being able to, to, to say, Hey, you know, the kid's struggling with a push-up progression and drop on the floor and I'm going to blow you away in these push-ups. You got to try to keep up with me. Right. And that's a great thing for them to kind of get engaged to say, to get on their level and, and say like, all right, he's, he's just a normal guy. He's not a stiff and a collared shirt, just, you know, looking to get me in trouble or yell at me. Uh, I, I think that's really important. Yeah, I, I, and like I said, I'm 54. I, the, the, all the kids know that I'm a dad. They all know I'm a dad first. My daughter just graduated from Pitt last May. My son's going to Springfield to kick for four years up there. I'm excited for him. I'm a dad. I'm a guy who grew up in this community, and I want them to understand that I'm not going to lose that edge either. It's not the tough guy mentality, but a lot of great things can happen here, but a lot of bad things can happen here too if we don't take this seriously in what we're doing. So I'm not going to lose that edge with them, and I'm going to coach them hard. I'm going to make sure that hey, if you if you even if you got a great spot, a kid that you know maybe failed a little bit and they got the bar and they racked it and they took it, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them a great job for that as well. It's not just going to be the lift. It's going to be the spotter. It's going to be hey, making sure we're cleaned up. Hey, awesome. Thanks for getting the hurdles up when we're we're done with our mobility stuff. That's all of those things, you know, making sure my kids clean their room and vacuum. It's the same thing in the weight room. I want everybody to understand that there's no difference. Good things can happen. Bad things can happen. I'm going to coach you up hard. I'm going to love you at the end, no matter what. And then we're going to do it the next day or in, an, in two days, whatever it's going to be. And, um, you know, making sure they understand that, that I am a dad and that's the way I'm going to treat them, you know, just like I treat my own kids. And my son gets gets the earful here in here as well, you know, when he's in here. Um, and I hope that, you know, Adam fight and the coaches up at Springfield do the same thing to him when he goes up there. I'm excited for him to go and get four more years. Great stuff. So Mike, I can see thoughts percolating up there. Um, huh. Go, uh, let, go ahead and jump in before we wrap things up with, with what you're thinking. Well, you know, I think for me, um, you know, as someone who, you know, I coach, I coach at a youth level as well um, in, in lacrosse and, and uh, it's, we are using whether it's strength and conditioning or a sport as a vehicle to build better human beings. Yeah. And, and that's the way that I look at it. And um, it's refreshing to see that, you know, there's others out there that feel the same way because uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it is, again, it's going to sound like a bumper sticker, but like, no one's going to care how many games you won. It's going to be that ability to say, Hey, you know, I had this strength coach that had an open door policy and, and I was going through some stuff and that was someone that would listen when I was needing someone to speak with or, or talk to. And, and I think that's what it's all about. And if we can create better humans through sport or through, you know, physical fitness, I think it's a beautiful thing because, um, yeah, I tell these kids all the time, like, you're going to look back and you're going to miss these days. Cause this is a good stuff. Like, this is the good stuff, right? Like, this is the time that you guys are making some cool, like core memories that, you know, 10 years down the road, you're going to wish you, you, you soaked it in a little bit more. So uh, I appreciate all you're doing, man. Uh, I, I, everything you just said right there is, is gold for me. You know, that, that reinforces what I'm going to do today. Exactly that, you know, better individuals at the end of the day. Um, and tomorrow do it again and Monday do it again, it. Tuesday do it again. And, uh, that's what, uh, it, 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 Gary Schofield talks about icky guy. I don't know if you've ever looked up icky guy. It's what Great you wake book, up. What, what's yeah. your purpose? What's that? Yeah. What's your purpose in life? And to me, it's about one family. Um, you know, and my home team is my wife, my son, and my daughter. But I consider everybody that I work with my family. You know, and to be a part of it. And I'm gonna treat them the same way that I, you know, that I work with my home team. If it comes down to a conflict between both, I gotta go with my home team. And, and sometimes in my career, when I was younger, I forgot about that. And that's, you know, things I have to look back on and um, make some changes on. And I think I'm doing a good job with that. But, um, you know, I want every kid to understand that, just like you said, Mike, and it, it, it's a, it's, it is a big deal. It is a big deal to not only kids, but the parents, too. Um, and I love talking to the parents about it, you know, and how much I, I care about their kids. I think an important point to, to what you said, Mike, is with all the hyper-focus and the pressures that come with it, with 
AAU and club and travel and all of it is really driven by money. And a lot of it's driven by false hope of I'm going to get this scholarship. I'm going to get this, this bigger opportunity because of all this is going to pay off. And, you know, I'm sure you've had this experience, Paul, when you're a strength coach, you know, scouts uh, will come in, college scouts will come into the weight room to check out kids. And they, they actually put, you know, no pun intended, a lot of weight into what we say, because we're spending more time with them than their skill coaches sometimes. And plus, we have a good idea of the work ethic and their accountability and so forth. And you could probably back this up. I was thinking about it as Mike saying this, is that every time I've met a big college coach that comes in our weight room to check out a kid, and they're like, hey, you know, so uh, this kid's a, a specimen, huh? I'm like, yep. Their next question almost every single time is good kid almost every time. Right. So that that's, that's the, the, they don't understand the importance of that is that good kid. And they're looking to read your reaction. And if you're, if you're like, yes, this kid is dynamite. You just had a kid who's getting looked at by an Ivy league school. The the guy who's the recruiting director I trained in high school. So, you know, I can, I can go and I can go and text him and say, Hey, I just had a kid that I work with that came down to the school great kid, great family. He's like, that's all I need to know. And the fact he's working with you, he goes, he's high on our board. Thank you for that. Like that question is going to come up. Good kid. If you can't answer that immediately with a smile, your draft stock goes down. Doesn't matter how much you bench, how many goals you scored or how fast your 40 is. Yeah. I mean, we talked, I talked about time before. Why would somebody invest a ton of their time, you know, that they'll never get back on someone that may not give a crap about them, you know? And your and their program and everything else, and um, you know, again, as I, as I'm getting older, I'm looking at that a little bit more differently. Um, as far as I don't want to waste my time, I don't want to waste my time. I used to get mad when kids wouldn't show up. Now Zach and I talk about this all the time. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna really concentrate on the kids that are coming in. I'm gonna make them sure they know I love them. I'm gonna give them everything I do every day, and I'm not gonna worry. I'm not gonna bring it up. Hey, where is so and so? Not happening anymore. I always try to say, hey, let's get more people in, but we don't start to we don't start to single out and I'm done. You know, I, I want I want kids who want to be here. I want kids who want to get better um, and help their team get better. They're building those leadership pillars. And I, I have no problem when they leave here that they're going to be successful no matter what they do, whether it's on a diesel on a diesel engine. If they're going to trade school, being a welder, uh, you know, working on a farm, we're out in western New Jersey. Um, or going to Ivy League college or whatever they're doing. I, 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 I'm confident that they're going to do a great job. Awesome stuff. And, and we appreciate it. And, and it's, it's refreshing to hear. Um, uh, so with that, you kind of alluded to it, what the next 50 years looks like. Do you have anything specifically coming up in 2023 that you're focused on or, or working on or looking to bring into the program? Uh, we had we had Tony Bellani come in in, 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 uh, in the fall and did a game speed seminar. Um, I've been putting a lot of that game speed information into our programming. Uh, I want to keep diving into that and getting better with that. Mark Hoover is a guy that I I talk to a lot down in South Carolina. He uses it a bunch and just getting kids more athletic and understanding that. Um, We put in the nutrition station. I'm going to see how that goes, making sure that the kids are getting everything they need uh, after we work out. And it's, it's actually a great fundraiser for me. Uh, throughout the year. I just gave away my most ever, I gave away $3,900 in scholarship money this year for our, for our kids. So that's something uh, that I love to, to continue to build on with the Iron Red Devil scholarship. And um, uh, just trying to, to get better, meet, meet quality individuals like the two of you uh, as much as I can. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I did my grad work at Bridgewater State. So right, up, right south of Boston there, Mike. And uh, enjoy. Oh yeah, I know that is. I almost went there. Did you? So, very good. Yeah, yeah enjoyed uh, a lot of a lot of good mo- uh, memories up in New England. Uh, a lot of good friends up there still. Um, so if I'm up there, I'm definitely giving you a call, and you're going to find me. Absolutely. That's there's 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 no doubt about that. So <laughs> that's, those are like my plan. plans. You know, uh, my my plans are to to continue to get better. Uh, that awesome. may be a cliche. No, love it. And, and keep doing what you're doing because it's great stuff. And so we want to thank you for your time and, and, and sharing all of this. And we want to thank you, the listener, for listening. And this has been the Principles of Performance Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Principles of Performance Podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, please like and share on your social media outlets, as well as subscribe and give us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your preferred platform is to listen to. 
For more information on the Principles of Program Design courses and workshops, visit us at www.principlesofprogramdesign.com and follow us on all of the social media channels where we post new content every day. To save 10% on any PPD courses, enter the discount code PRINCIPLESPODCAST10 at checkout. If you have any questions we can answer or suggestions for the show, you can email us at info at principlesofprogramdesign.com or message us on social media. Thank you again for your support.